Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Praise God. Well, last week we um we were we we were talking around uh, John. Um, about uh, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And really, this kind of few weeks is really talking about truth. This is what I'm, I want to get to, is just that in the times that we live in, um, truth is being dispensed with. Um, it's being wholesalely dispensed with, twisted, changed, mis- maligned, and all of these different things. And um, it's, it should be our desire to hold fast to the truth. And so we kind of, last week we talked um, about a couple of subjects, one that's been trending recently, but it's really nothing new, Christian deconstruction, deconstructionism, if you like. And um, the intention of that being to kind of deconstruct and re-examine core beliefs and foundational beliefs and practices and so on. But, but sadly, in an increasing number of cases, it's, it's leading to deconversion. It's leading to apostasy. Um, it's leading even to the renouncing of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's, you know, I, I, we are 100% for get your foundation right, have a strong foundation. Um, and, and it reminded me this week how important it is, and, and really uh, there's been a conviction this week in that our discipling and our, you know, new starts and bringing people up in the Lord, I believe we need to be much more focused on that. I need to be much more focused on that because the foundation is so important. Let's get the foundation right, amen? And so, um, you know, sometimes these things are not, it's not like there was an intention maybe to deconvert or anything like that. Sometimes we think, do you know what? I didn't get the best start. Foundationally, things are not quite right. I'm going back there to correct, to make an, a, 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 an adjustment in the foundation. Um, but, you know, um, sometimes there's unintended consequences and intended consequences of things. And so, but there are um, other influences out there, carnal influences, spiritual influences, the spirit of this age, the spirit of the world, all of these things that definitely have a big effect on, uh, to try and rock our foundation, don't they? And so, you know, I'm sure I hopefully would get some agreement, you know, but from my point of view, it's become more evident that if the, the truth of God's word can't accommodate the times we're living in, or be adapt- made to fit the context of the times we're living in, then it's either dispensed with, it's misaligned, it's twisted, whatever, because it, you know, people would say, well, it doesn't bear any relevance to the times we live in, but it bears every relevance to the time we live in, amen, and it's full of prophetic word that is coming to pass each and every day we wake up. Um, there is prophecy coming to pass, and so um, and 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 trusted prophecy is important too, um, as as we've seen over the last couple of years. That um, really uh, we must be discerning and need the Holy Spirit 
in all things to discern any prophecy that's coming in. And I know that there's a couple of people have asked for the early days prophecies that we had in the church from back in 1987, 1988. And um, uh, we, <laughs> we like, be on a cassette tape somewhere, you know? <laughs> so do you believe that we actually have cassette tapes? We have a store of cassette tapes. <laughs> So there'll be on a cassette tape somewhere. We need to find those things. And, and I'm, Pastor Nan was always good for writing all of these things down. So we, we'll see her later today. It's her birthday. We'll say, um, can you check your archives and see if we can find some prophecies there? Amen. But we looked at that statement that, John, uh, that Jesus made in John 14 um, from verse 1 to 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, why don't we just go there just now? Let's go to John 14. So turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles or scroll in your Bibles to John chapter 14. It says, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, so believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. But then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you remember, we looked at that, I am the way first, I am the truth next, and I am the life. And we said that, you know, many people find the way. They embark upon the way. They find Jesus. Amen? They find the way, but then they falter in matters of the truth. And in fact, that's Satan's agenda, isn't it? To introduce doubt. Everything he does is to get you to doubt, to doubt your faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, to doubt the veracity and the authenticity of God's Word, to doubt even that this took place, that the, the, the cross, that the resurrection took place, to doubt all of that, to doubt that there was a man who loaded up a ship that he was asked to build with all of the living creatures at that time to escape a flood, to doubt all of these things. I believe every single one of them my, my faith is not misplaced. It's, I, believe these, I believe that Jesus used illustrations, stories, analogies, parables. I believe them. But I believe that this word is true. Amen. Believe that it's true. And so Satan tries to introduce doubt. And then there's the third one, the life. And, you know, God intended us to live a full life. So when, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, what, what did he mean by that life? Well, he, he, he actually, the word, the word for that life there is Zoe life. Zoe life, which is, oh, it's an amazing life. It's an abundant life. It doesn't say it's an easy life, but it's certainly a full life. Amen. And so, you know, we're not immune to any of the things that I've mentioned, being, you know, doubting, not having life and life abundantly, all of these things, but we must keep ourselves in the faith. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So he's talking about Zoe life. And this life is a life of vitality. Amen. It's being possessed by the life of God himself. Amen. Now, contrary to what some people might believe, um, Zoe life is available here and now. It's, you can have it in Kawinning this morning. You can have it in Kilmarnock. You can have it in Stevenston. You can even have it in West Kilbride. It's, it's here. Zoe life is available. Amen. And so it's available both in the here and will continue with us all the way into eternity. This Zoe life. Amen. And this life is a spirit-breathed life in both a physical and a spiritual sense. So God is, God is concerned with our physical uh, being, well-being, as well as our spiritual well-being. Amen? And so it's this real and genuine vitality, and it's a life that is active and vigorous. Amen? Uh, now, some, some people might think, well, do you know what? As, as we move on, as we get a little bit older... You know, we just have to take our foot off the accelerator pedal just a wee bit more and a wee bit more and a wee bit more. I have found the exact opposite to be the case. Um, you know, life just gets busier. Family, I mean, one day we'll be grandparents and who knows when, but, you know, and, 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 and the, church, the ministry must go on and God's church, I mean, you know, we're not responsible for it. It's His church. And he will make sure that it, that it goes on. But we've got a lot to do. So we've got, to, we've got to stay active and vigorous. And so this Zoe life is a life that's, that, that is devoted to God too. It's not like, just like you get this supercharged, like you, it's like when you have your Red Bull in the morning. I didn't look at anyone there particularly. I just said, when you have your Red Bull in the morning, um, it's like, wow, that's me. And that you, you, you're, all, you're okay for the rest of the day. It's like, no, stay, staying, staying connected and devoted to God and to listen out for his, the voice of His Spirit all throughout the day. Amen. And so putting your trust um, in Him. And then, you know, then we go on into eternity and we have access to new things there, a glorified body. Amen. Oh, wow. That's going to be amazing. You know, so we're going to have access to more. So he says, I'm giving you a taste of life here now, this Zoe life, but you're going to have more. But, you know, there's one, one truth that we must meditate on, and it's a truth that I think that a lot of us maybe don't really meditate on enough because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Elsewhere in the Word, he says, I am the good shepherd. And we have to meditate upon that truth more, I believe, is that he is a good shepherd that wants to establish us and then who wants to lead us in the ways that have been laid out and set out for us. Amen? Kind of like what shepherds do. Amen? So that's what he wants to do. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Yeah, what else, how else does that go? Everyone, the youth really know that one off by heart. Um, thoughts of good and not an, e an evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so he has this, given us this promise, amen, to walk in these ways. But every way of his is always found, founded upon the truth. 
So if you want to, you know, the, the test is, I'm going down this way. I'm not really sure, Lord, if this is your will or not. Maybe it's not your perfect will, but maybe it's your permitted will for just now. Amen? The, the litmus test is, is the way that you're walking in, does it line up and align with God's Word? Is it true? Is there, is there a foundation of truth in it? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it going to be pleasing to God? I've taken many displeasing roots in my life. Amen? So it's got to be founded in, in truth. Amen? And Jesus himself was the Word made flesh. Amen? And he was the same Word at the very beginning that created everything in existence today. So he is true. The Good Shepherd is true because Jesus Christ is the anointed one, the Word that was there at the beginning. Amen? So if you've got your Bibles with you and you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you, you'll, you'll see a reference there. That, but God's Word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. You might think you, you are, but we are not our, our own. We've been bought with a price. Now, that, that scripture there is really talking in the context of sexual immorality. I, do, I know that. But it reminds us that there is a good shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep. He says, I, you are not your own. I've paid, I have bought you. I've redeemed you back. God says, I give my own son to, to have you back again. So he has laid down his life for the, for the sheep. Amen. So we need to, I believe, meditate on the truth of that. And we need to hold on to that truth. Because it's the, it's, it's our, it's the truths that we know, that we believe in, that will be challenged. That we'll be, that we'll be influenced to give up or to... Or to um, lessen our conviction of the truth in the future. Do you believe that a day might come when that might happen? Go to uh, John chapter 10 from verse 17, and I'm reading in a totally new translation this morning. This is the New English translation, the Net Bible. And I don't even know if our media team have got that. No, it's just put up the, the New King James Version then, please. <laughs> Amen. In John chapter 10, verse 7, it says, So Jesus said to them again, I tell you the solemn truth. In some translations, it says, Truly, truly, I, I say to you. Does anyone know what the word amen means? So be it. Let it be so. It's actually when he says, I tell you the solemn truth. Let it be so. I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, and if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Praise the Lord. And we'll come in and go out and find pasture. Doesn't that sound so free? Come in, go out, pasture. Come in, go out, always pasture there. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come so that they might have life and may have it abundantly. Because I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not a shepherd and does not own sheep, sees the wolf coming, and he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them because he's a hired hand and he's not concerned about the sheep. He runs away. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that do not come from this sheepfold. I must bring them too and they'll listen to my voice so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. One f- that just got, when I read that a couple of days ago, one flock, one shepherd. One flock. Not, multi- not a multitude of flocks, one flock. All right? At some point in time, truth has to bind us together. Truth has to be the thing that binds us all together. Again, Amen. This is verse 17. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it back again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of my own free will. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back again, this commandment I've received from my Father. Amen. If we could just comprehend or understand the solemn truth, let's use that word, the solemn truth of this, we belong to God. Amen. He, he, he had to take another step. The first step was I'm creating the world, the earth, and everything that dwells therein, and I'm creating man in, my, in, in our image and likeness. But God had to take a second step to restore the relationship that was lost. We know, we know about that, don't we? Because that was, that was, that was the cross. So he had to take a second step in the hope that, we, that one day we would all say with conviction, the Lord is my shepherd. I belong to him. I give, Lord, I give you the rights to my life. I, 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 I let you have the throne of my heart. I let you sit on the throne of my heart. I give you my rights. And you know, these days, and, and, God, and God gave the ultimate sacrifice to make that happen. Think about it, think about it, and I know many people here probably have, but how many people are invested to that degree in anything anymore? If you've never sacrificed just about everything to obtain something, you'll never really know how important the stewardship and care of that thing becomes. When the shepherd gives his li- says he's giving his life for the sheep, you better believe it that every single sheep is more than precious, more than precious to him because <laughs> that shepherd has given everything. That shepherd would lay everything down for the sheep. Amen. And when you've earned, it's the Olympics or on TV just now. I love watching the Olympics. I just like to, amen, I just like to see, I like to see the, the victors. And, and, and my heart goes out to the, those that aren't victorious. And the Olympics just, the, the, the journey of the Olympics is so amazing. Especially in light of the, like the pentathlon guy. Another year he had to tread water before he could get there and win the gold. Young guy, 22 or 24 years old, win the gold for Britain. But when you've earned or won something by sheer blood, sweat, and tears, and I do mean that literally, 
you will identify much more intimately with that thing. Amen? Its value increases dramatically. To you, it becomes a treasured possession, a precious possession. And, and life is cheap. Life has become cheap. Life is cheap in many countries. I mean, thank God. I mean, there's persecution coming in this, in this, in this area. But in some places in the world, persecution is already at a very advanced stage. And, and life is cheap. How deval Life has been devalued. But God sees the utmost value in every single one of you. He sees the utmost value in, in us. Amen. And in our case, thanks be to God, Jesus is continually looking after us, interceding for us at the right hand of the Father because that analogy in Scripture is so accurate. We are like sheep. He's got a lot of intercession to do. <laughs> Amen. We think like sheep. We're as difficult as sheep. We can be as dim as sheep. <laughs> we have sheep instincts. And you take all of these things together, it's no wonder we falter in the truth sometimes because we have this mass instinct, this sheep in instinct, amen? And so, I was just thinking there about uh, livestock, Sheep, you just, you find them in the most unexpected places. <laughs> you find them in the most unexpected places. But there's a couple of things going on here, a couple of competing dynamics maybe. You know, some people just can't accept that they were created by a loving God, to be, to love and to be loved by God. And, you know, that's like, I can't just get my head around that, that a creator God would create me and want to have eternal fellowship with me, that's just unfathomable. Un, try saying that. Unfathomable. It's unfathomable. And from a Christian's point of view, sometimes it's because there's unworthiness. We don't feel worthy. I'm just, you know, I'm, a con I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a constant problem. I'll never be any good to God or man. This is the old saying goes, no good to man or beast, but no good to God or man. I want to, I want to say this morning, getting, getting off of what I'm talking about here, to say that you're not a problem to God. You, 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 God has promised you a future and a hope, and you are worthy. You were made worthy. It was by the blood. And God now sees you through, the, through that, through a veil of righteousness. And you... You, you, you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed of your past. I, let's give glory for that. We don't have to be ashamed. We, are the, we can be the fellowship of the unashamed. Amen. Yeah. We don't have to be ashamed. Amen. And the second one, the second dynamic that's going on here is that there's an inherent rebellion in man who will not acknowledge that they can or will be under anyone's authority or ownership, not least by the Creator. So people turn their backs on 
the truth, the word on God. We said last week, fables, fairy tales, stories, all of these things it's being accused of. And so going back to the sheep and the shepherd and the shepherd, the way he gave his life for the sheep and he knows who his sheep are. And the shepherd would, in, the, in those days, biblical times, would take a, a knife or something and mark the ear of the sheep, cut a notch out of the ear to identify that those sheep are his. Amen? I mean, it was a bit of a painful process for both the shepherd and the sheep, because you, but it's, it, was, you know, it served a, a very important purpose, that those sheep would know who they belonged to, and, there's, and anyone else looking in would say, ah, I know who that belongs to. I know who he belongs to. And I'd like to say this morning that God wants to put his mark on you, just like a shepherd marks his flock, so that they come under and identify with the ownership of that shepherd. And if you know anything about the servants or bond servants in, in the word, if they decided that they wanted to remain with the Hebrew household that they were serving, then um, they would be granted their freedom by the master of the house who would take them and put their head up against the doorpost of their home and would take a sharp awl and drive the awl through the, the lobe of the ear or wherever the ear into the door as a mark that that servant, that bond servant, was now belonged to that household. Amen? Now, there's pain in that process too, but it set that slave or that servant at liberty. Forevermore, everyone can see that that person is now free, and our mark is the cross. It signifies freedom. It signifies forgiveness from sin. Hallelujah. Come on now. Amen. It signifies freedom from the death that comes by way of sin. Amen. Through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So the cross provided us with an opportunity to transition from a bad master to a good shepherd. To transition from a bad master to a good shepherd. Amen. And have you ever seen livestock under the control of a bad shepherd? You would pity them. I, I, I remember uh, d driving um, many thousands of kilometers in, in, down in, in Zululand in South Africa, and uh, very often you'd come across all types of animals on the road. Now, domestic and non-domestic animals. And uh, I think I was, like a, I was like a fighter pilot in the war. I used to mark up the outside of my van door with all of my hits, you know. Not that I was going for animals, but sometimes it was the dead of night. It was either a, a reed buck, a troop of monkeys, um, just things, you know, stuff that's in the road. And... Uh, uh, one day, one day it was a cow, and there was nothing that I could do. It was just one of those slow motion moments. I had a half a ton welder in the back of my van, and I couldn't stop. And the cow, they were all grazing on the side of the road, and the one just picked his head up and began to walk out onto the road. And uh, there were many accidents in Zululand. The, the, the conditions were atrocious, many car accidents involving animals. But it was strange, whenever you got out of your car, the herdsmen were nowhere to be seen. <laughs> the shepherds were not, whenever it's like, oh no, we're, we're out of here. 
You know, um, so I'm, um, you know, talking about bad stewardship, but, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it. And, and then, of course, they would, the, 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 the animal would become sustenance then after that. Okay, so it wasn't all, all bad. But, you know, livestock under a bad master, they just suffer continually. And if we look around our world right now and see many suffering, it's because they don't know they belong to a good shepherd. Amen. They still suffer under the hands of the prince of this world, who is Satan. Amen. And so, you know, we talk about being good stewards. The, the word says that um, when uh, that a king or a leader, that who, who, if God has that leader's heart, then the country are blessed. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, I was uh, in South Africa at the time of Nelson Mandela's release, and uh, probably many of you know, after that, they formed a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And the whole point of this were the injustices of the past were going to be addressed at this commission. Amen. And so an opportunity kind of presented itself for a new foundation to be laid for the country, a new foundation built on by all South Africans, but it was going to be necessary that truth was at the very core of the foundation. Amen. So one of the aims of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was to bring into existence a forum so that there was full disclosure of the truth to facilitate forgiveness and healing and reconciliation so that the found, a new foundation could be laid for going forward. Amen. So it was interesting times, and there was, of course, many people that wanted to see it work, and there were many people full of double talk and phony ideas. And Jesus was never uh, light on those. He never went light on people with double standards, did he, or double talk, because he was always all about the truth. Amen? So the foundation of the truth, the assurance of the truth is what's necessary for us to be able to build our lives off of that. Amen? It has to be based on truth. Otherwise, we build on shifting sand. And today I'm saying that we have to build our lives off the truth of the Word. Amen. We have to build our lives off of the truth that He is the Good Shepherd. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He says, build your life from me. Amen? Because truth is going to be rocked and shaken. When we abandon truth... We invite falsehood in when we abandon truth. There's no middle ground. You either believe in the truth or you believe a lie. You believe in the truth or you believe a lie. Amen? And in Daniel chapter 8, verse 12, the Bible talks of truth being cast down and flung to the ground. And I'll be cl closing this message just now, but I want to just finish off with this with this um, vision that Daniel had in chapter 8. And it's talking about this goat who went and challenged this ram. And it's, it's, if you go to, you can read it later on, but it essentially talks about this, this powerful goat, the vision he had, with horns. And one of the horns was broken off and replaced with a smaller horn. And it says there that the goat became very powerful at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off. 
In the large horns place grew four prominent horns pointing in the four directions of the earth. From one of the horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended toward the south and the east and toward the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army. Listen to this now. Throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army by canceling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying his temple. The army of heaven was restrained. Interesting. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. So the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. Truth was overthrown. The horn succeeded in everything that it did. Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, how long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes desecration stop the daily sacrifices? And how long will the temple and heaven's army be trampled on? The other replied, it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the temple will be made right again. Now, the horn that the, this vision is talking about is it was a man called Antiochus. He was the man that cast down truth to the ground. He trampled over the book of the law. He basically tore it up and burnt it and did what he could to destroy it, that it might be lost and forgotten forever. That was an agenda of that time, to overthrow the truth. Never mind he sets himself against Israel, we all know the, the outcome of anyone who sets himself against Israel, don't we? Amen? Because Israel's described in, in Psalms as the joy, of, the joy of the whole earth. So, but heaven was, the armies of heaven were restrained. And this man, Antiochus, was given the ability to go and do all of this. And I wondered why that was the case. And the case was because his people provoked him once, once again. And Antiochus was really just a rod in God's hand at the time. And in church, let's talk the truth. Because we all like to think that, that, that God is not sovereign, but he is. And if we, if we abandon the truth, forsake the truth or anything like that, we give him the power to wield whatever it is against us because he wants us to draw us back. Amen? You know, God wouldn't have permitted all of that if his people had not provoked him to do this. It was the transgression of his people that caused it. And to correct this, Antiochus was released to give them all of this trouble. So when we forsake truth, we invite the deprivation of the things that truth provides for. So what does truth provide us for? the morning and the evening sacrifice, the ability to come into this church building today and to be free from people throwing stones at us outside. Maybe one day we'll need to wear our helmets here, but whatever. Amen? So when, when, when truth is forsaken, we just let trouble in. Amen? We just got to remember, though, one thing. The truth must be in your heart because you can be in captivity, but when the truth is in your heart, that can never be taken captive. 
That can, if you give up truth, you've made a choice to give up truth. Truth in you cannot be destroyed. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be forced out. The only way that you will lose truth is to give it up. It's the only way that you'll lose the truth. Amen. So here's these two holy ones. The ladies at the Friday group will know who I'm talking about. They're angels talking about when is all of this trouble going to end? If any of you are not aware yet, there's m- much untruth in the church. There's much, un- there's, there's the fault. I mean, there are people who are, don't even have a heart for the kingdom or for church. They're, maybe they're just independent people who, who have a ministry. And I'm saying this just because I'm your pastor. That there's a thousand million voices out there, but there's only one voice of the good shepherd. There's only one good shepherd. How long will they last? Well, they're going to come to an end. And so it will be with the church. Amen? With truth under attack in our time, deceptions on the rise, we must know that God may and does get involved for the correction of the church and to keep things right. All the glory and all the honor is his. Amen. And he, Jesus is coming back for a pure bride. So God has to cleanse us. He begins from the inside out. Hallelujah. Amen. So if we can take anything from this message today and from Daniel, is that God may may allow certain things to come against us in this time. Amen? It'll be permitted even for a time, but God's going to separate the true bride of Christ to be ready for his return. Amen? And I don't say any of this this morning arrogantly. I say it with, I say it, humbly, because if it were not for the grace of God, we would all be lost and undone. All of us, every one of us. I say this, so I say this in humility. So I want to end with this in Philippians 4.8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. So, family, think, meditate on things that are true. Pick up your Bibles as often as you can and read them and find out more about the the words of truth. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.